You say, Pastor, finish it. Amen. It's not good not to finish something. You have to finish it. Amen. There is somebody here. You've had problem with your breathing for some time now. It's not, it's not for some period of time now. You have a problem with your breathing. And spiritually, you've placed something like a rubber on your head. And it is causing you not to breathe properly. I pray right now that that plastic or that rubber should be breaking now. I pray that whatever has been used, your breathing will come back on track right now. I command the partitions to be broken. Whatever is used to make it difficult for you to breathe, I take it off right now in Jesus' name. You will breathe properly now. Before we leave this place, you will see a change. Put your hands together for Jesus. All right, let's go on the journey. In fact, it's a journey. Tell your neighbor it's a journey. So I'm going to start from where I was before to move on to a smooth path. I'm not going to dissect and try set the scripture, but I'm just passing through. And it is based. This year, one of the things I'll be talking about or everything I'm speaking about is based on harvest. Amen. And harvest is not something that just happened. You must, uh, if you have tomatoes coming, harvest, the term is normally used. To show that it is not one, it's not one, you, you know, you have tomatoes in your, at the back of your garden and just walk it and you say, I'm harvesting. Harvesting normally talk about more. It's not just one, you know, just one on a smaller scale. It talks about a bigger scale. Amen. So um, everything is bordered on it and it's more of being purposeful in life. So I'll be talking a lot about purpose and that is the, tree, uh, the, the drive of the, of the, of the year. Because if all of us are able to achieve the purpose for which God has created us, then we are being successful. Praise the Lord. So I want you to make sure that everybody sitting beside you, if you are writing, write. If you are copying notes, you copy notes. Uh, whatever you are doing to be able to grab everything I'm sharing, do so. And you can also listen to the podcast. I started the journey in, Jan- in December with First John chapter 3 verse 4 to 8 and we said that in First John chapter 3 verse 4 to 8 we said whosoever commits sin transgress also the law for sin is a transgression of the law and ye know that he who manifested he who was manifested to take away our sin and in him is no sin whosoever abide in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither know him. Praise the Lord. Verse number seven says, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Now, if the Bible, if Paul is, uh, if the writer of John is, is telling us 
and addressing us as little children, do not be deceived. If the Bible really tells you, do not be deceived, there are few places that it tells you, do not be deceived, which means there is a high tendency, proclivity, that you could be deceived. And one of the things that it talks about is, do not be deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he reap. It's a condition. It's, it's something that is universally applicable. And he's saying that I don't want you to be deceived because there is a deception here that you might think that uh, if you do not engage in righteousness, you are righteous. And I said that for this purpose, the devil is on assignment and God is on assignment. And I believe that every one of us has been born for an assignment. Amen. Our team for the year is speak from John Matthew chapter 13, verse 30, which I'll be talking about later on. I'm not going to, I'm just picking some few things here, rather than basing on the whole scripture here. It said, let, let both grow together until the harvest. In the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first and thorns, the thorns, and bind and bend them in bundle to bend them. But gather the wheat into the wall, into the pan. And the pan is more for storage, praise the Lord. Now you have to understand that there is no harvest, nobody experiences harvest without having a purpose. Those, everybody who harvests has got a purpose of harvesting. And the purpose of harvest, and harvest is a destination, but there are things that goes with it. To be good enough to attract distraction means when i say uh what i mean here is that to be good is enough to attract distraction so we are i'm talking to you to be good is enough to attract distraction does that, does that make sense so some of us think that why are we going through challenges why are we encountering things anybody who is undertaking anything that is good in life it is enough to attract distraction. So if you are in school and you go to school purposely to go and study, studying in school is a good objective. It's a good thing to do. Because it's a good thing, it will attract distraction. That is why most of our students go, our children go to school, but they are encompassed by distraction. And distraction is what comes in your life to move you away from your purpose. So anything you do that moves you away from your purpose is called war, a distraction. Sometimes we think evil or sin initiate distraction. Most of the time when you go through challenges or obstacles or distractions, it doesn't mean that you have sinned against God. Tell your neighbor it doesn't mean you've sinned against God. But when something is good, most often it attracts distraction in the life of the believer. So for the fact that we have come here as a church to move the kingdom forward, it is enough to attract distraction. Praise God. I will talk more of the main test as I've said in the course of the year. The reason why we perish is because we allow distraction that we encounter in our life to take the place of God. The reason why we perish the word perish means there is, let, let, let me say something here. There is, when something perishes, it means the original state of it was not perished yet. Okay? 
So if you have a food, the food is good. It is good for, for eating, isn't it? Now, because it is good for eating, that is why it encounters distraction to make it perish. When something perish, it means it forfeit its purpose. When something is perishing, it means when your, when your milk in your fridge perish, it means you can't use it again. So it means the purpose for which it was in your fridge uh, is not going to be, to be able to be achieved, isn't it? Now in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, it said that where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keep the law, happy is he. So where there is no vision, people perishes. I'm going to, I, I don't think I'll finish this. I promise you, I don't think I'll finish it. I've changed my mind. If I position you over here, and I don't, uh, when, when you talk about, let me talk, let me base here, look. Vision is a faculty or the state of being able to see. Be with me. Uh, I, God told me this and it's really heavy. And as he shared this with me, through studying materials and stuff, I got to know this is too heavy. That's why I know I will not finish. I'll try. Vision is the is faculty or the state of being able to see. Faculty is an inherent mental or physical power. An inherent, which means that your ability to see is not is an outward something you are seeing, but the basis and the empowerment of your sight is based within. Do you understand me? So to have vision in life, it is coming from within, expressed outside. It means that there is no vision. Let me say this. If I position you over here and I ask you to close your eyes and walk out, you will encounter so many obstacles in this room. Why? Because you, like, you lack word, sight. Okay? But you and I know that this over here are distractions. And the reason why they are distractions to you at the moment, you can miss a distraction because you can see. Do I make sense? Am I making sense? So every distraction in your life, if you can see what you are seeing, then it can distract you. The distraction, the purpose of distraction is to stop you. Nobody will be stopping this house. Amen. Now you understand that when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were supposed to live in the garden, but because they had a distraction and the distraction achieved the purpose for which it came, they were moved out of their purpose. And I want to emphasize on it, every purpose worth fighting for. Every good thing in your life, you have to fight to maintain it because it is going to attract distractions. Praise the Lord. It is enough to all attract all distractions. When distraction achieves its purpose, it means it makes you become pop, uh, purposeless. It is only vision that can produce discipline. In order to control yourself from distraction, in order to be able to, uh, to do away with distractions in your life, the only way you can do so is by discipline. The greater discipline that makes purpose achievable is what I classify as self-discipline. 
So self-discipline is that which contains you on track. It controls every mechanism of distraction around you for you to be able to achieve your objective. So self-discipline is very, very well important. Self-discipline is very important for every believer who wants to be purposeful in life. It is the discipline that makes the other, other part of discipline become achievable. As a church, if we want to discipline ourselves with evangelism, and individually we haven't got self-discipline, the collective discipline cannot be achieved. So every greatness starts from what? Self-discipline. Come on, tell your neighbor, be self-disciplined. Your employer will not be able to cause you to be productive if you are first not self-disciplined. Because you will not get to the workplace without the discipline of going to work on time. So self-discipline is very important if we want to be productive. We want to actualize the harvest of God in our life. The main test we just read uh, in, in, in Matthew chapter, two, uh, chapter 13 verse 30. When you read the preceding chapter, the preceding verse, you will get to understand that when the master went to sow good seed, because it was a good seed, the evil one also came to sow bad seed. Why? Because he wants to make the purpose for the good seed not to be achievable. I said, I'm not preaching, I'm just talking to you, so I'll be moving front and back. Amen. Praise God. Where there is no vision, people let go rest- unrestrained. Restrained means a measure or condition that keeps someone or something under control. So where there is no vision, where there is no sight, we can't manage control. When I'm coming this way and I have sight, I manage myself in moving from this point to the other point just to eliminate the distraction that I have in my life. Now, if we don't change what you see determines how you react. So your reaction is based on what you can see. If you want to try it, you can see somebody, you can identify somebody who is crippled and cannot even walk. Just interest, most of us over here will say that we can't, be, we can't run very fast. But I promise you, when you begin to see a lion in this room, you will begin to fly through the glass. Why? Because of what you see. Your sight controls your behavior. Your attitude is predicated on what, on what you see. If I want to change your behavior, I have to change what you see. Because what you see determines what, how you behave. How you behave is the outward expression of what you are seeing. Tell your neighbor, see right. So if you can change the motive, that is why in the school setting, when you see a child misbehaving, when you see a child not taking their education serious, we ask them one question. We ask them, what do you want to become in future? A child who has most often those who misbehave, they tell us, I don't know. But those who behave tell you, I know. Why are they behaving? Because they have something they are looking at and that controls how they are behaving. Put your hands together for Jesus. A person with a clear vision for, for their life lives a very narrow life. They are driven by what? By focus. The Bible said that for this, 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And you will see that right from the behavior of Jesus, he was not fluctuating, he was not double-minded, he was focused, he knew what he was doing right from a tender age when his parents was looking for him. He said, I must do the work of him that sent me during the day because the night cometh when no man will be able to be productive, which means that Jesus was a focused man. He said, looking, he looked forward. Paul also expresses this way. He said, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of my faith. He said something before him. He said, one thing have I done. I've let go every distraction in my life, forgetting about the past and pressing on towards the mark of the higher calling. There is something that in this year you have to purpose in front of you and that will cause you to rise up when you have to sleep. It costs you to save when you have to spend. It costs you to behave, run into this house because you know that there is something you want to achieve. If the believer hasn't got a vision, they become what? Hopeless, helpless, and purposeless. Tell your neighbor, there is something you have to see. What is your vision this year? What is your focus on, on in this particular year? Nothing just happened. Tell your neighbor, nothing just happened. Even distraction happens for a reason. Even distraction happens for a reason. And it is being initiated by the war, by the devil. So every good thing you want in your life, the money you need in your account, whatever you need in your life, you have to see it. What you don't see, you can't walk into it. Disciplined people are likable. They are desirable. They are marketable. People spend time to look at people who are disciplined. Which people are disciplined? Look at the footballers. Do you know how disciplined they are? They wake up in the morning, go for jogging. They are really disciplined. And having finished their disciplinary work, we sit down and watch them on the telly. Why? Because how good they are determine how disciplined they are. Your discipline determine how good you are. So if I see that you are not good, I know you are not war discipline. I was talking about coming to church lateness. If I see your lateness, I'll know how disciplined you are. Hallelujah. I thought you clapped there. <laughs> Put your hands together. <laughs> Listen, when, when you, those who come to church early don't think they had no distraction. When your mom prepared the food and it tastes good, don't think there was no distraction. When your mother cleaned the dishes and it looked good, don't think there was no distraction. When you, your resort come and it looked good, don't think there was no distraction. Most often we think that good just happens. I told you about this gentleman when he had a resort. Don't be jealous. Good things attract Good things are marketable. You see how I'm marketing him here. You know, good things are. I, 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 was, I was dealing with. I would, let me leave him. You know, you don't want me to talk about him. Uh, no, I should talk about him a bit. Let me talk about him. When he brought the resort, listen, you only see good in the outward, but good is empowered by an inward expression. Now, when you see something that is good, don't be too excited about it. Go behind it and find why it became good. Most of us are desiring to be good, but we are not looking out for the things that will make us good. 
Now, if you don't know what makes one good and you desire for good, there is no way your desire alone can produce good. It is, a re, what do you call it? Uh, what, do you call, what do you call it? Good is an outcome, not a process. Now, if you see something that is good, you have to look at for what made it good. If you see a good church, it is not a good church. It was work from within, expressed outside. Tell your neighbor, look out for it. I say, I'm going somewhere, be with me. Now, when you see a singer who is singing nicely and can sing very well and meet all the notes and the, and the pitch and everything, it means they've gone through discipline. And we sit down and we watch good singers singing. We watch footballers, we watch athletes, those who are engaged in athletics. Tell your neighbor, discipline comes from wisdom, from, from vision. Discipline comes from vision. Praise the Lord. Vision simplifies everything. Vision, that's what? Simplify everything. How, why do I say that? Vision controls our choices. Friends, what we spend time on, vision controls us. Where there is no vision, people want perish. Why do they perish? <laughs> Listen, when something perish, it doesn't mean that it didn't invest. If you invest in the wrong things, wrong will produce. Do you, you understand what I mean? Vision defines and decides what we do. How we do it, when we do it, who we do it through. It is vision that determines that. Your destiny is your destination and your destiny decides your choices. Your destiny is your war, destination, and your destiny decides your war, your choices. Write this key point down. Something you have to remember. Don't let it go. You were not born to do everything. You were not born to do all, everything. Few things are all, are necessary. Bible said many are called by few are chosen. In Luke chapter 10 verse 40, the Bible said, Martha and Mary, this story, I can't even be on this for the whole day. Martha came to Jesus and said, Jesus, uh, I want you to talk to Mary because she's not really helping. And let me share this with you. Before Martha will come to Jesus, I am, as, I am thinking here, and you understand with me, that if she can come to Jesus and tell Jesus that let Mary go, let Mary come and help me, that I am imagining how many people she's already called. You understand my point? You, do, you understand it? Okay. Do you know that are you telling me if I was in the house where Mary and Martha were and I don't have a vision triggered by diviners, divine vision, then it means that the tendency for me to listen to Martha is very high. What is Martha doing? Martha is doing cooking for who? Jesus. 
Now Jesus is telling Martha, Mary, I've chosen the right thing. And I'm telling you, for Martha to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need Martha to help me in the kitchen. I am just looking at the amount of people who she's already called in the kitchen and not good enough for her. Which presupposes that I wrote something on, on WhatsApp. I shared it. I said the things that cause believers not to be purposeful in life are not evil things. They are not evil. They are good things. For the fact that something is good doesn't mean it's for you. Tell your neighbor it doesn't belong to you. Vision from God which come a true revelation. That is why you have to be really highly sensitive. That is how you have to be choosy and selective. Praise the Lord. That is why when you have a child who is supposed to study. Back in those days we used to have shops. And our parents, some children were told to help their parents. And their parents abused them. Um, use abuse in the sense that they were, not div, 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 they were not divinely sensitive. If you help your parent in the shop, it's a good thing. But if your parents haven't got a vision, instead of you, the child, to study, they will cause you to be in the shop. And that is a good thing, but it is not right. You understand me? So you, the world in which we are in, it's not saying that you are sleeping, you are on Facebook, you are engaging in something and maybe looking at what is going on, which may be good, but it doesn't make it right. Praise the Lord. Put your hands together for Jesus. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, he said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth unto those things which are before you. I promise you, most of us seated here, our life is all about holding on to the past. The reason why somebody is not in church is because of what somebody did to them last week. Which is the past. Be careful the things you are fighting for. Be careful the things you are war. You are fighting for. I see people who on, on the 2nd of January, they rush. I know a lady who rushed to the shopping mall when there was a reduction. She bought some stuff. Yes, she bought them. There were things she thought she could use them. They were useful. They were, they were, they were good things. But at the end of the day, because of wrong decision... She realized she didn't need them. No. Is it 26? Yeah, 26. Yeah, bo- boxing. Is it, is it boxing? I don't know why they call it boxing. The greatest enemy to our purpose in life is not wrong decision, but rather good decisions. They are good. Do you know how good it is to, to not to come to church and go for double pay? Well, do you know how good it tastes? Wow. Put your hands together for her. 
You didn't know she knows it. Amen. Now what we need to understand is the greatest enemy. And that is why I want to plead with you. That Peter got to a stage where God told Peter, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you are endowed with power. And the Bible said he decided to go to fishing. Who told you fishing was not good? He had so much reason why he was going to fishing. He said, my children must eat. Don't I have to go? For the reason that something is sensible, reasonable, doesn't make it right in the sight of God. And those of you who purpose your heart, and all you do is to give sensible answers for the wrong things you've done, watch out. The options we choose in life that moves us from our God-given purpose are not always evil. The only thing that moves us away from our purpose is distraction. And I said that everything that moves us away or anything that does not empower, contribute, motivate us in achieving our God-given purpose in life is a distraction. Tell your neighbor, be careful of distractions. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible said, All things are lawful unto me, but not all things are not what? Expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under what? Power of any. Vision is the primary motivator of human action. Vision is the primary motivator of human action everybody over here what is your vision for the year what do you want to achieve what motivates you what empowers encourages you what do you want to become what do you see ahead of you in this year if your attitude is not accurate with your desire outcome then it means you are not ready to see it come to pass because your input determines your want your output what are you seeing in front of you it is the ability to see beyond the present and create world an existing but cannot be world seen. Let me read it again. Vision is that which gives you the ability to see beyond your present and cause you to experience the, that which is existing in the midst of that which cannot be seen. So even though you cannot see it doesn't mean I am not seeing it. It causes you to achieve the things that people cannot see, but you can see it. Don't allow anybody to deter you. That is why you have to commit yourself to studies. You have to commit yourself to the things that will will move you into purpose. I didn't know, I thought, I thought differently, but I found out recently that poverty is a result it is an outcome of a behavior or an attitude. Poverty is not, is, is not the full stop of your life. If you don't want to change certain things, and things will change. Tell your neighbor they will change. Poverty is what? It's an outcome. It is an Im- there is an input that produces that outcome. If you don't want it, you do what? You change it. How do I change it? I look out for people who have succeeded in changing theirs and I follow their footsteps. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor God wants you to succeed. Tell your neighbor God wants you to succeed. How will God send Moses to Egypt when God wants him to succeed but he allowed Pharaoh to say no when he was supposed to say it? 
I was watching a video last night and a young lady who was told by a beautiful lady, old woman, said that uh, when I look at your beauty, uh, when I look at you, she said she was working in a, in a shop and this lady was looking at her profusely and intensely and, and, and she thought there was a problem there. So she, she decided to go near and say, can I help you? He said, where do you come from? Were you born in this country? So she thought she was thinking about maybe she was trying to be racist or whatever it is. But while she was listening attentively, the woman said, you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And I want you to contest for, uh, to become American, what do you call it? Miss, Miss America or whatever it is. And this lady said, she believed, she, she, she just took it. And when, you know, she said, the lady said, meet me tomorrow. And then she gave up. See, she was like 19 years. So she, she said, meet me tomorrow. And when the lady came around, she brought books of how she can become a Miss USA woman. Praise the Lord. You don't know how to say it. <laughs> to become Miss USA. Now, when she, she said when she went the first year, you have to go for the state one before you go for the national one. When she went for the state one, she lost the first one, the first year. She went for the second year, she lost. She went for the third year, she lost. She went for the fourth year, she lost. But when she went for the fifth year, she also lost. She went for the sixth year, she lost. She went for the seventh year, she lost. She said on the, on the eighth time she went, she won. I thought you put your hands together there. When she went for the eighth one, she succeeded. When she succeeded, she went for the national one, she became Miss USA. Most of you have backed out from the things God called you to be in. And surprisingly, listen, listen, evil will, distractions will come on you. Listen, don't, I don't know why members sometimes think that when they come to a place, things are going to be rosy. If God, if the devil knows what you are going to become in this ministry, you want to plug you out. You, no, you must know what God has told you. When you go to a church, when you join an organization, you have to have a vision. What is your vision to become the best? I remember there was a time we went for book inspection. And I put my book down. They criticized me. They said, this is not that. This is not that. It was, it was the state one, the department one. It was put down nicely. Then they inspected me. Then they said there was few inadequacy. No problem. I said, let me see the ones you've done right. Then I, I look at all of them. And I came back home. And for one week, two weeks, my purpose was to combine all their strength and put it into one. By the time they collected the school books, the whole school, they put their books down. When mine came, do you know what they said? They said yours was the best in the whole books. How did I become the best? I was not afraid to be criticized. Criticize, when you criticize somebody, it's a distraction. It makes you feel uncomfortable. I remember we did inspection in our school. And they came, the only teacher they mentioned their name, his name was me. They said, my class is not, is not colorful. No problem. I will fight. I'm a fighter. I know what I want. I fought. By the end of the term, they say your class is one of the best. Some of you, you give up so quickly. Tell your neighbor, what is your vision? 
You cook one, they said it's not good enough, then you back out. If you want successful people, don't seek for success. If you want to be successful, I'm finishing now, then we'll have one coming here. If you want to be successful, don't seek success, but seek to be what? Valuable. To be valuable is a process. Tell your neighbor it's a process. It goes with investing time in yourself. It goes with what? Investing in yourself. It goes with reading. The first time I sang, they told me, move. they collected the microphone from me from the state. I said, I will not back out. You are a distraction. Praise the Lord. If you are a gentleman here and all the ladies at your workplace are, are praising you and they are flirting with you, please, it's a distraction. Don't think you are so important. Praise the Lord. And those of you who have few issues in the house and the men make you feel like they are... Listen, uh, you, you don't know. A woman on assignment will make you feel like she is the best. But what you have in your house is better. I thought you put your hands together there. It's a distraction. Distraction comes with an appealing approach. It comes with an appealing approach. And that is why Adam and Eve can move from a good place to a bad place. It is choices. I pray for you today that you will be purposeful. I pray for you that you will be visionary minded. I pray for you that you will not allow any distraction in your life. I pray for you that the grace of God that exempts run from distraction will come upon you in the name of Jesus. I pray that what causes one to be successful will come upon you. In the year 2020, you shall be successful. Because you have decided to make yourself valuable. I pray in the name of Jesus that distraction, the purpose of distraction will not be actualized in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus, put your hands together for Jesus and stand on your feet. Stand on your feet.